Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt is sponsored by the Marquardt Law Firm and does not attempt to solve your individual legal problems upon the basis of information contained herein. Instead, contact an attorney to discuss the specific facts and circumstances of your unique situation. The views and opinions of this program do not reflect the views of the Salem Media Group. Welcome back to Talk Law Radio. I'm Todd Marquardt here on 930 AM The Answer. Podcasts everywhere, Facebook, YouTube, and TalkLawRadio.com. This is our third segment, and that's when I like to talk about the saints and sinners. I got the idea about talking about saints and sinners from the theologian Martin Luther who nailed the 95 Thesis to the church door. Uh, he said we're all saints and sinners in one, and uh, the, if we're sinner now, we're forgiven and absolved because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. Let's uh, talk about long-term care insurance. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> a lot of saints there. Uh, that's a good story, Todd. Yeah. Um, so long-term care insurance, you know, people, uh, I think a lot of people just avoid the topic is the is the problem. I, we always encourage people to have a plan, whatever that is, have something in place ahead of time, uh, legally, both legally and. Well, what's it for? Uh, this is for any type of a condition that uh, typically the definition is if you're defi uh, you're deficient in two out of six activities of daily living or cognitively impaired and likely to be so for longer than 90 days or you know an ongoing basis mm -hmm. and so that that 90 to 100 days is where it gets beyond Medicare gets outside the realm of what's already being going to be covered in most cases by traditional health insurance and so long-term care would be something that uh, you go into a second phase uh, of needing whether it's skilled nursing it's, it encompasses everything from home health care you know maybe some people need just a little bit of extra assistance to stay at home uh, adult daycare assisted living uh, all the way up to skilled nursing and, and even memory care type mm -hmm. of units for mm -hmm. people that have Alzheimer's and whatnot. So it's a very, uh, it, it's a pretty big gamut there that it runs. Yeah, and, and those are all the conditions that people think they're not going to get. Exactly, <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, we all think that we won't be one of them, but statistically speaking now, it's close to 70% of the people that are going to at some yeah. point need some amount of long-term care in their lifetime. And so. I think it's because doctors have figured out how to keep us alive for such a long time. Exactly, yeah. It's a big part of it. You're, you're exactly right, Todd. Yeah, it's uh, with that longevity and, and people being healthier more so, you know, believe it or not, people are, I know we're still one of the fattest cities in the United States, but the people by and large are healthier these days, uh, eating better, exercising more. That literally increases your chance of having to some form of chronic illness someday because you're going to live longer and your body's going to slowly give out rather than right drop dead quickly you know? right <laughs> so so and so 
How do you qualify for long-term care insurance? So good question. Ahead of time is the best answer that I could give to that. <laughs> I can't tell you how often it is that somebody comes to me and they're going, well, I need to look, I need to talk to you, Rick, about that long-term care insurance that we talked about. Remember when I went on Medicare and we never got back to it? And, you know, and I'm guilty of that. I don't push people on this at all. I always bring it up, but uh, it's not a topic that anybody likes to be pushed on, and I don't have time to push it. But I, I, always, I tell them you have to apply for for it before your diagnosis. Exactly, exactly way right. before, way mm -hmm. before your diagnosis. So, so statistically speaking, like age 49 and under, even at that age, about 15 to 16% of people are declined for long-term care. So it's, and that's because, if you think about it, that's because people in that age group that are applying for long-term care, a, a good amount of them know that they have a condition or mm -hmm. are likely to have in the future, and the underwriting is getting more intense these days, you know, because the claims are huge. You know, when a company yeah. has to pay a claim, oftentimes they have to pay, you know, it, it's an undetermined amount in some cases if they have a lifetime policy. So it can be very, very expensive. But not all policies are lifetime, right? Not all, most are not, yes, exactly. But um, so 49 and under, about 15, 16% of policies are, are declined. When you get all the way to the other end of the spectrum at age 75 and older, over 50% are declined. Did we have a caller? Caller, you're live on the air. You have a question for us? Yeah, morning. Uh, I was uh, interested in two different things. One is, uh, if, if you ever get a chance to read the original Hippocratic Oath, uh, it says that a doctor is not supposed to bargain for money before treatment. So it's treat first, uh, money later is the original Hippocratic Oath. That's interesting. And, yeah, and so now, you know, we're seeing uh, whether it's the, uh, and, and the, the way it's phrased, too, is, is that if a person approaches you, uh, you know, it's in the first person, that the, uh, the doctor is supposed to treat first and not deal with, you know, deal with money later. And uh, so in the 1980s, uh, the HMOs were developed with a subterfuge, and they basically created uh, so much flack in between. The scheduling secretary would be there to make sure that you, they were the ones that bargained for the money instead of the doctor. Okay. And so the HMOs have been denying people care for years. You know, 40 years now of of denying people medical care uh, and violating the Hippocratic Oath. So, in terms of law, you know, I'm wondering if you can speak on that. The other thing I was interested in is if you're familiar with the corruption on the Supreme Court. Uh, this Harlan Crow guy is as corrupt as you can get, and he's got a website that lists his properties. It's called crowholdings.com and I wonder if you can speak on on the uh, opportunity for boycotting uh, Harlan Crow uh, he doesn't own only his stuff in Texas he owns all over the country and uh, to get a corrupt guy uh, with so much domination of, of Texas property uh, I, it would seem to me that uh, to clean up the politics of, uh, of the world uh, we're going to need to go after this Harlan Crow guy. Thank you for bringing this to my attention. I, I'll have to do more research to 
to speak to both of those questions. Uh, they're both unique questions to me, so I appreciate you bringing them to my attention, and I'll definitely talk about it on on a show in the future. Um, but before we part ways today, uh, can you tell me where you're calling from? Oh, I'm out in California. And, uh, oh, playing, okay. Playing Paul Revere. Yeah, <laughs> you know, we got to you know, warn people against the corruption of, uh, of the modern world. Thank you so much for doing that, and th thank you for the call. Take care. Thanks. Goodbye. Wow, that was an interesting question. <laughs> A lot of information. Yeah, yeah, I'll have to look into that. Yeah. Um, but this is our fourth segment, and, you know, I always like to talk about legacy. Um, the Bible talks a lot about legacy, and Tim, you're you're a th theologian yourself, so um, I want to ask you about what legacy means to you, and um, do you have something that has been passed down in the family that you'd like to talk about? 